Hey, this is Matt Rosenberg, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday, so we're going to talk some comic books. All week we're celebrating New Orleans. I'm, I'm getting ready. Like I said the other day, I'm all but 100% checked out. Like, I'm I'm going. I'm excited. Uh, we've we've started to look at restaurants and things. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Uh, but before I went, I wanted to share some of my love for the city. Like I said, it's one of my favorite places to go. And it, it's just awesome. And today, we're going to look at some comic book characters that are from... New Orleans. Now, before we get started, we're talking about Marvel characters today. I looked like DC characters from New Orleans, and there's really not any. You know, the Bel Rev Penitentiary is in Louisiana, where the Suicide Squad, you know, is always gathered and stuff, but it's not in New Orleans. And a lot of characters, you know, they're, they're from there, that's kind of their base, but nobody really headquarters in New Orleans. If you think I missed somebody, if there's a DC Comics character that you love and is from New Orleans, please let me know. Let me know in the comments below or on social media. Just look for The Night Nerd. The first one I want to talk about, probably the most obvious, is Gambit of the X-Men. Everybody's favorite Cajun hero, criminal person. Um, he first showed up in Uncanny X-Men Annual number 14 back in July of 1990. And also in Uncanny X-Men 266 the next month. Created by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. This is early 90s X-Men uh, when everybody loved him. And he was, you know, I mean, when everybody loved the X-Men. And Gambit was part of the reason. You know, he was a new blood that really took to the team. And he's been around pretty much ever since. Um, his real name is Remy LeBeau. And he, his power set is interesting you know before we get into his crazy life and all that he's done um let's talk about his his powers so he can convert potential energy into kinetic energy and he uses this mostly in cards in playing cards that's what we've seen um, you know in the animated series you know, he always had a deck of cards in the comics he always has cards but he can do it with anything um there's one really cool scene where he's being interrogated by, I believe it's the Executioner. And he's like, oh, you know, you're not so tough without your cards. He's like, well, the cards have the power. He's been chewing gum. And so he ch channels, uh, changes the energy in gum into kinetic energy, spits it on the guy, and explodes, and he, you know, escapes and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. But he can charge people. He can charge his bow staff. Uh, it, the, the level of his stuff is... We haven't really seen him. We've seen him blow up some pretty big things. But he always takes it easy uh, with, you know, like I said, using smaller things just because they're easier to, to charge and faster to charge. He's also, like, peak physical uh, agility and stuff. He, he was raised by thieves. And this is where that training and stuff uh, comes in. And... He's he can even charge like his own body 
uh, the static electricity and things, which makes him immune to telepaths. He telepaths can't read his mind because there's like this electric shield around it, and that's you know just added stuff to his his coolness. But like I said, he was born in New Orleans. He was kidnapped from the hospital by the thieves guild. And they raised him. They they called him the White Devil, uh, because he was supposed to be this child who was going to uh, unite the Thieves Guild and the Assassins Guild, and he even got married and all. It's it's an interesting backstory. Um, one that you know, kind of whenever it needs to be expanded on for the sake of story they bring you know bring it out and they're like oh yeah you know he actually he dated this person and they did this and um it's it's crazy he was recruited by mr sinister like when he was a teenager because mr sinister was like hey you know i need your help you're a thief here's money done and remy actually stole all the research and stuff from weapon x or weapon 10 however depending on what school thought you come from and he did he saw Wolverine you know he, he met Wolverine at this time but he's always had a little bit of a hero's heart you know he he kind of realized that the stuff maybe sinister or dr. Essex didn't need so he burned the diaries um, and you know said oh I couldn't get them and and everything but he wanted to get back in the good graces with him and so he joined back up as part of the mutant massacre well in between that time so he was a disgrace for not being he was also a disgrace to the thieves guild for not being able to steal you know these simple things and he was exiled uh, and stuff but he went to Sinister and was like, hey, you know, I need you to help me. And he kind of double-crossed him um, and took out part of his brainstem, which took away some of his powers. He would later return it, but he also gave him a little bit of control. And so to pay back Mr. Sinister for this, he had to do all these different missions, and part of that was lead the Marauders which were, you know, Sabertooth, Blockbuster, Prism, and Riptide, down to attack the Morlocks. And they were, th this is really when Gamut kind of became a hero. You know, he realized what was going on. He realized that there was about to be a massacre happen, so he he tried to stop them. Um, it didn't quite work. He saved a kid. This kid would grow up to be Marrow and everything, but it was... Uh, a dark time in his life to, to the point where he wouldn't even tell the X-Men for a very long time after he joined them then he would go on be on the team and stuff uh, probably one of the biggest Gambit storylines is when Bishop came back from the future he's like hey there's a traitor here then you gotta watch out there's somebody's gonna betray him and they were like well how do you know this and he said in the future there's a man who calls himself the witness and he was a last person to see the X-Men alive and all this stuff and well it turns out that that witness was Gambit uh, but Bishop didn't know that but he knew there was some connection with Gambit so he thought Gambit was the traitor well we found out that it was actually 
Xavier slash Onslaught as the traitor. And that was pretty cool. Over the next few years, Gambit would like leave the team, join the team. He would be a horseman for Apocalypse. He would go back to the Marauders. Uh, just, he, he's always had a weird relationship, I think, with the team. As big and crazy and popular as he was in the 90s, I think they honestly kind of ran out of stories for him. And so he, he'll leave for a while, or turn evil, and then he'll come back, and then he and Rogue have their on-again, off-again thing. Actually, they're married now. They got married a couple of years ago, so... I've never been a big a Gambit fan, as most people were. Like, I liked him on the cartoon way better than in the comics. He He's had a few series of his own over the years, and I try to get into them. They just... I don't know. Something about the character just doesn't doesn't do it for me uh, but people people love him the other character I want to talk about today is Monica Rambeau coming off of WandaVision everybody knows this character you know she a younger version of her showed up in Captain Marvel but she's in WandaVision and we see her get her powers and she's gonna be a big part of the Marvel Universe going forward you know she's already said to be in the Marvels and who knows what else it's gonna be uh, pretty cool to see where where all she's going to pop up. But Monica Rambeau in the comics, like I said, born in New Orleans, first showed up in Spider-Man Annual number 16, 1982. She's had a lot of nicknames over the years. That's why I went with Monica Rambeau, because at first she was Captain Marvel. She was the second Captain Marvel uh, before Carol Danvers, but after Marvel. She then, in 96, she became Photon. In 2005, she was Pulsar. In 2013, she was Spectrum. So she's changed her name a lot. Um, really, though, since she showed up, she's been part of the Avengers, even leading the Avengers in the 80s and a little bit later on. Um, she's always been an awesome force. You know, in the Ultimates, the main universe Ultimates, the ones that worked out of the Space Station Alpha Flight that we talked about the other day, you know, she was on that team. That was her, Black Panther, Blue Marvel, Miss America, and Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. And that those are really good stories. Like, they turned Galactus into a life bringer instead of a destroyer of worlds. And really interesting stuff. Um, she was in that weird Marvel Divas series, which was basically Sex in the City. And it was, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was okay. But not not my favorite thing. As a character, you know, she showed up and she was a cargo ship captain. And always a hero. She tried to stop this weapon from being used. And during that time, she was exposed to some extra dimensional energy. Which is a cop out for uh, something, something powers. And after that, she could convert her body into any type of energy to the point where she got like, super overpowered and everybody started calling her Captain Marvel and the thing was like well somebody has used that name before but but you're good which is a nice little acknowledgement of you know like how Marvel uh, how comic book namings go I mean even he's like probably not the only thing out there but then she went and joined the Avengers and moved up their ranks until she finally took over the lead from Wasp. Uh, and then 
during that time, like they fought the X-Men, they did all this stuff. She sacrificed herself battling this sea monster and she turned herself into lightning and hit the water and it dispersed her body, like her molecules, all across the ocean. She was able to pull herself back together, but she didn't have any powers. Over time, like she got her strength back, got her powers back, and would keep fighting, you know, uh, both with the Avengers and on her own, taking away, taking down people, you know, like Moonstone, who's an intergalactic villain, uh, all all of this stuff, um, helping out in the Kree Shiar War, you know, you just nonstop. She's just been kicking butt. And then she changed her name to Photon. Uh, like, not too long after she got her powers back. Went back to working with the Avengers. And then changed it again to Pulsar as part of Next Wave. Which, if you never read Next Wave, um, it's... It was a, a really solid book that came out back in like 2006 and but now I I don't know that I would I would check it out because um it was Warren Ellis and now you know there's all that stuff going on with him so if you have it reread it if you can find it like in the dollar bin of your local comic shop which you probably can I mean, pick it up there because he's not going to get any money out of that. So, so go check it out. Um, and then in Marvel now, she changed her name again to Spectrum, and was with the the Mighty Avengers, and we meant like we mentioned the Ultimates, and you just have always seen her there, front and center in comics and with the Avengers. And I think with her role in the films, that's not going away anytime soon. Uh, let me know, though, are you excited to see Captain Marvel or Photon or Pulsar, whatever you want to call her, in the upcoming MCU stuff? Uh, let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. Or you can email me if you have questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Otherwise, that does it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. So adios to Amarillo, hello New Orleans.